Hey everyone, I'm so glad you're here listening to the Church on the Rock Leadership Podcast. My name is Heath Watts and I have the honor and privilege of serving this church as a lead pastor. Here at Church on the Rock, we are passionate about leadership growth and we are blessed with an amazing team of leaders. Each week our staff comes together and one of those leaders brings an encouraging word on biblical leadership. We believe and pray that this podcast will help you grow in your leadership journey. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, stay connected, and know when new episodes drop. Thanks for being a part of this. Now let's get started. Well, thank you, Church on the Rock staff. Um, For those of you who are listening to the podcast, my name is Cynthia Hernandez, and I don't typically speak in this kind of capacity in front of our staff. And actually, when Pastor Heath asked me if I would do this, I had every intention of telling him no, and I was going to be just fine with that. Um, but it turns out that I, I really feel like I have, I have something to say, and I feel like I have something that the Lord has put on my heart to share with staff today. So here we go. Today, I want to talk about that one time when my husband was on staff with me, and then he got fired. <laughs> But more importantly, this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, I know, I love y'all. <laughs> I want to talk about how three years later, I could look at our leadership in the eyes and say, I love you, I honor you, I respect you, and I'm following where you lead us. And um, it didn't happen overnight. Um, I, I f- actually wrote down four points that all start with the letter D because I learned that from y'all. I know. (laughs) So here's the deal. Um, Just recently, I I realized how much love I had for this staff and I just got before the Lord and I was like, man, like what happened? Because there for a while it was a little bit rocky. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was just, it was a hard thing to walk through. And so I just asked him, like, what did I learn through that season? What has made me okay and other people just, you know, hate the church and run away and live in bitterness? Like, what happened? So here's, here's my story, and here's what I hope maybe you can take away or even prepare yourself for a day when you're going to have to deal with some bitterness and just save it in your pocket for those days. Number one, this one's simple. Decide what you're going to do. Here's the deal. I got the phone call from my husband saying he was fired. And I was just, I was, I was reeling. You know, we were, we were living in this tiny house and we were just trying to put aside some money so we could move into a bigger house. And everything kind of hinged on his income. I was on staff as well at the time, uh, part-time. But, I mean, he was the breadwinner. So that part is just like a stab in the gut. And that was without the relational stuff that was attached to it. So that very first week, I remember sitting on the front steps of my house, staring at the cows across the street. And I can smell them. I can smell the cows even. Like, it's crazy. But it was just like, okay, what am I going to do? 
am I going to stick this out? Am I going to make the hard decisions? Am I going to make the decisions to forgive? Or am I just going to stop and go the other way? And I remember that day, it was like, no, I know the right answer. And that is what I'm deciding to do, even though I don't know what that looks like yet. I remember I was reading in scripture at that time um, in Samuel, which like, for Samuel, a pillage and plunder isn't like great whenever you're going through hard times in life. But I read this verse and the Philistines were coming after Samuel and they all stopped and they fasted and they prayed and the situation was resolved before anything happened. And then, and then he did this. Samuel then took a large stone and placed it between these two towns and he named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. And I read that scripture and that decision in my heart became my Ebenezer, my stone, because there was a couple of weeks later where I wasn't so sure anymore I could do the hard thing. But I remembered that day staring at those dadgum cows with the smell of manure, and it, it became that stone. The Lord had provided for us so much up until that point, and I could remember it. And the beautiful thing is that now in the future, like, I can even look back on that day. And I think that anybody is going through the same situation as me. I can point to that stone, and it's become a testimony as well. It was dual purpose. For my husband, that looked like going away, um, which is very important to him. And maybe that's important to you. Um, I sent him to California for like two weeks and he went to Reading and he just drove through beautiful scenery and he did the same thing. I said, when you come back, I just need to know what you're going to do. I said, not, not like a plan for your life, but just in your heart, like how you're going to handle this, I need to know. And so I sat on my front steps. He went to California and when we came back, we both had this resounding, okay here we go. So decide what you're going to do. It's easy. It's step one, but you're going to need it. Number two, diversify your friend portfolio. When everything hit the fan, (laughs) I remember I was sitting with my mom. She gave me, I think, exactly 24 hours to feel sorry for myself and to feel all the feels. And then it was, all right, buttercup, what are we going to do? get up. And I need her in my life. Not all of us have mothers like that, but she is in my inner circle. And I know going to her a lot of the times is not going to make me feel good whenever I walk away because she's going to push me to do the right thing. She's going to push me to do the hard thing. Um, Oddly enough, in in this scenario, my husband, Daniel, was, was one of my really close inner circle on the days that were hard. I remember this one day in particular. It was the deeper conference, um, and Pastor Heath and Pastor Jansen were, like, running down the halls because the Wi-Fi had gone out. And that was something that typically my husband would have problem solved. And so I was helping in the the kids' room, and I, I pulled out my phone, and I texted Danny. And I said, is it wrong that I just find, like, satisfaction in this, <laughs> in this fact that, like, our pa- 
It's real life. Like our pastors are just scrambling and they don't know what to do. And I immediately saw the dot, dot, dot. And I was like, oh, this is going to get good. And he said, Cynthia, check your heart. Man. And so my husband, the guy who got fired, was actually on so many of those days the one who helped me, the one who encouraged me. You may not have a spouse like that, but you need somebody close who's not going to to keep that monster going. That's right there. Um, I also have a group of girls called the Fab Four. We are beautifully opposite, and um, we get into tiffs because we're so different. We come from different churches. Pastor Janton, your sister is one of those, and she's just like gold to me. Dusty, your wife, is one of those for me. And we would get together, and they would let me cry. They would let me vent, and they would not keep the conversation going in that direction. They would let me feel it all, and then they would stop. They would admit to not knowing the answers, and then they would pray for me. And I need those girls. And there has been times where I've gotten in a fight with a girl in that group because she's calling me out on stuff and she's holding me to a higher standard. So be really choosy because if something happens to you today, it's going to be really hard to go out and find those friends who are going to hold you accountable. You're going to want to go to the people who entertain the drama and the bitterness that's inside of you. And it feels so good when somebody, when somebody does that. They're like, oh, yeah, that's awful. Oh, my gosh, they're, they are awful. Um, but that's not helping you. So be choosy. Get those people around you. And in return, be that person to somebody else. When somebody else is venting to you, that's great. Let them get it out and then point them straight to Jesus, point them to help. They need you to do that. Number three, dig in rather than run. Specifically for this church staff, I had to make a decision really quickly. I was on staff. (laughs) I could have ran, and y'all, my personality style is to run. When anything negative presents itself, like I'm all about party and fun, But, like, when things start getting, like, a little too serious and a little too hard, like, I'm under the table. Bye. So I had to write then, like, okay. It was part of that first decision I made. I'm going to stay. I'm going to dig in. I'm not going to just show up. I'm actually going to continue to invest my time, my energy, and everything I do into making this work. And what happened whenever I did do that, a key element in what helped me heal was the church body. It was this church staff. And my heart breaks for what would have happened if I would have ran. Like, that wouldn't have been there. I remember one day at North Campus, um, my family calls this getting rigged, but have y'all ever, has Royce Riggin ever just come out of nowhere during worship? <laughs> And dropped, like, some crazy prophetic truth bomb. Okay. 
it, I was in the thick of it. I was having a hard time even engaging in worship because, y'all, I was still just like so, my, my little world was falling apart. And I got rigged like so hard. He just, he, he spoke truth and he had no earthly idea what was going on in my life. But it happened at church. Uh, Pastor Rick, you were a key part to this. I was, I was at North Campus, and you understood what it was like to be hurting. And you multiple times just, you thanked me for showing up, and that meant a lot to me. Um, you looked at me and you said, I know this is hard, and thank you for being here. You asked about my husband. You asked about how things were at home. And if I had ran, I wouldn't have gotten to experience that. Thank you so very much. It was this staff that helped me. I remember going to that first team day. Oh, my gosh. Like, I almost didn't come. I was just going to go to Starbucks and then, like, show up later. I just knew it was going to, like, be in, in the face the whole time. And I came in, and I was, like, just preparing myself for, like, a lot of awkward conversations. And my friend DJ came and sat right beside me the whole time. Didn't say anything, patted my back, but he was there. My friend was there, and the staff loved me so well, and it was not awkward, and y'all did not ask abrasive questions. If I would have run, I would have not got to experience the beauty that this staff has and the, the friendships that I have. And the final one that I I wrote down that the Lord really brought to my memory was um, to dismiss, to forgive, and then to restore. So there was a lot of, like, mental energy that was just spent, like, navigating how I was going to deal with seeing these people in the hallway. And I had to dismiss those thoughts. It wasn't even an authoritative, like, get out of here. It was just more of a, like you don't belong here, I dismiss you. And then the decision to forgive, we're Christians, we know that's the right answer. But I think oftentimes we forgive and then we put those individuals into like this holding cell. It's kind of like mid-range, like it wasn't their, their before status, it was just like anything they do after that, you hold against them. Like, oh my gosh, like, that was an annoying joke, or, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe they even said that. That was so inappropriate. So I had to learn how to restore these people to full status, you know, especially in the church. The people who you often get offended by and hurt by are your pastors and your leaders. So what happens whenever you demote them into that holding cell, that prison, you're losing that that authority, that umbrella in your life, and you are missing out and you're hurting yourself more than you even know. So I had to ask the Lord. This one was so hard. I asked the Lord to help me in this. Lord, help me restore these people, not only to their their original status in my life, but Lord, where you see them. And what happened, I can't even describe to you what happened. What happened, I'm going to get emotional even now, is like, this gushy sort of love. It's, it's like crazy. Like rather than just respecting each of you, like I love you with such intensity. The other day I was, I told Pastor Josh, I'm glad he's not here. 
Josh Ramirez. I was like, I hope this isn't weird, but I thought about you when I was brushing my teeth today. And he said, that's really weird, Cynthia. And he just walked (laughs) off. But y'all, this happens with like different people on staff all the time. Like what the Lord put in place of of me just like holding grudges and bitterness was just an extreme love for this staff, every single one of you. I could go around and give shout outs to every single person right now over and over with how much I love you. So here's the deal. Most likely like you and your husband weren't working on the same staff and then he got fired and you had to work through years of like forgiveness. But maybe your PO keeps getting declined and you're starting to take it like a little bit personal, like what you value isn't important to somebody else. Or maybe you haven't received a public shout out in so long that like there's just this little green bitterness monster starting to take seat in your heart. Or maybe your new position feels a little bit like a demotion by the world's standards. So you've completely powered down mentally, no longer approaching each day with the same fervor you began with. It starts in really small ways. Mine was dramatic, and I was able to deal with it head on. But here's the deal, staff, friends, fellow leaders. The job before us, it's, it's way too important. The souls that are walking in those doors, they are way too precious for us to entertain these thoughts and these ideas. So this is me being your inner circle friend, calling you up. We can't do this anymore. But he'll help you. He will, even on the days when it's hard, even when you don't recognize what's happening on the inside. But just be careful because if you ask, you never know what he's going to give you. You may just burst into tears or Think about Pastor Josh Ramirez whenever you're brushing your teeth in the morning, and that's kind of embarrassing. I'm going to close out with Romans 5, and then I'm going to pray for you. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Father God, we worship you. We thank you that you are good and you hold no bitterness towards us. So today we make the decision that we are not going to let it take root in our lives. Father God, we give you the yuck and exchange, Father God, we hold our hands to all the love you have for us. Let us be a clean vessel that we can pour out to those who are coming in these stores week in and week out. Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to our leadership podcast. If this podcast inspires you and helps you grow as a leader, help us and others out by liking, sharing, and subscribing to show your support and never miss an episode. Until next time, thank you for letting us be a part of your leadership journey.